From small beginnings, great things come to pass. In the spring of 1820, a boy stepped into a quiet grove looking for answers. A seed of faith had been nurtured in the soil of western New York. In time, it would blossom and then bear fruit. It would grow to fill the earth. Millions would find renewed faith in Jesus Christ. All from one small step of faith. All right. So, brothers, sisters, and those who have rejected God's gender binary, welcome back to Sunday School. Um, this week, oh man, I'm so excited for this week because um, we are going to be discussing a little short film that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, it is about friend of the pod and prophet of the restoration, Joseph Smith. Um, and it is the, the movie that we would show to investigators on my mission um, to help teach them about Joseph Smith. Um, and so if there are any people who have served missions who are listening to this, it's probably very familiar to you, as it is to me. I have seen this, oh man, probably dozens of times. Um, and so I'm very interested... In how many languages? In two languages, in, in both English and Spanish. Um, and so I am very interested to hear <laughs> somebody's kind of, uh, I guess, pure reaction to this. Somebody who has not watched it dozens and dozens of times and memorized all of the very quotable lines from it. Um, so first off, I want to ask you, um, are you, are you ready to take the next step and to be baptized? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it didn't it didn't convince you. I I barely understood what it was supposed to be telling me. <laughs> it made so little sense. I know it must make sense to Mormons, but it did not make sense to me. <laughs> so so you're saying that the spirit didn't help you to understand. Your 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 heart has been hardened and you were not able to understand these spiritual truths. Or maybe they should make a better video. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Maybe maybe a different video would speak to my spirit or whatever it is. Look, this is the best that like the BYU film department <laughs> could come up with. Um, I, I think... They, they did send their best, but their best is just not that good. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean the pr the production value was solid. I could definitely tell it was a little old, but it it looked nice. Just didn't really understand what was happening in like the storyline of the video. I didn't even. It took me like three minutes in to even figure out who Joseph Smith was. Like I thought he was <laughs> a different child than what he actually was. I just I don't know why I assumed that, but I had to like rewind and rewatch the last couple the first couple minutes because I was like oh i watched that wrong <laughs> yeah so joseph smith he is he is the the blonde child as as he should be you know the the very white blonde child um uh yeah so i i guess i just want to hear okay can you give me a summary because you said it was confusing 
and like hard to understand kind of what was going on. So I'm I'm just very interested in before I kind of like go into the, the all the shit that you know is going on in this. I I just really want to hear like your reaction to it um, without kind of me having told you anything about it. So like like what is your summary of what goes on in this? little movie i barely understood the overarching plot like that that's the part that was confusing so it starts off with like these little aryan boys (laughs) in the forest and they're like jumping over a river or something Mm -hmm. and then it cuts to them back in their town and it talks about how there's like all these different types of christians and they're all preaching and you can like a farmer's market of different preachers like you could just go listen to all of them and joseph smith is so intrigued and there's all this stuff about like is he choosing correctly how do you know which one is the correct one says his dad was very religious and wanted them to be religious but it didn't i feel like it didn't really explain to me what was different or special about like what he chose well like it didn't it didn't it didn't name any theological differences between all these different Christians. They were just like, people were Christians and they disagreed. <laughs> yes, that, 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 that's definitely true. Um, it's a... Uh, and, and everyone went to the buffet of different Christianity. Yeah, it's just kind of like... On Sunday. It's like they've got like, you know, I kind of like it because they've got kind of like... I view it as like angry Calvinist preacher guy. And then they've got another guy who's kind of like the nice Methodist preacher guy. Now, God has told us repeatedly in Holy Writ that fallen man cannot be saved. Only God can rescue us, but unless he wills it so, it cannot be. Who will reach out for his mighty hand if he offers it? The grace of God is sufficient to save all sinners. So, brethren and sisters, do you have faith? And are you willing to show the Lord the evidence of your faith? Like that that's kinda how I, I look at both of them, you know, is like you've got two okay. kind of flavors of Christianity. You've got kind of the 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 like fire and brimstone sort of guy, and then you've got kind of the um the like nicer guy, but who also still I rejects did, I did notice that. The, but who also still rejects Joseph Smith in the end. He's not that nice. Well he's nice, but he's wrong. Okay, so yeah, and he's 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 in trouble for being yes. wrong. Um, so it sounds. I di- I did notice the stylistic differences. <laughs> to be fair, I don't really know the theological differences between all the different types of Protestantism, anyways. So it probably would have been lost on me even if they'd included it. <laughs> yeah, I I think most Mormons don't really know either, and I think that's kind of why they're really there's more of just kind of a difference in terms of like how nice they are um is like i think whatever mormon is writing this is like okay (laughs) i know that there are some preachers and pastors who are kind of mean so we got to get a mean pastor in there and then to balance it out we probably need like a guy who's kind of nice but who also in the end doesn't believe young joseph smith my bias would be i think that baptists are the like southern baptists are the mean fire and brimstone ones but yeah and that Unitarians are the nice ones. Yeah, so I mean, I think I, I don't even know if I don't I don't know what a Methodist is. <laughs> yeah, um, 
so we could, we're definitely, I think, going to get into, I, I think, a little bit kind of like about kind of this Second Great Awakening, um, kind of like what all this religious stuff is, maybe some of the stuff that they left out of this movie. Um, but um, I, I also want to get your reaction to, so kind of like after Joseph Smith is confused, there's all these different churches, he like decides to go pray in the woods Yes. And what was your reaction? He did seem to love, he loved going to yeah. the woods. That is one thing I got from the video. I was like, oh, this dude was just in the woods all the time. So what was your reaction, I guess, to that portion of the movie? Well, it's like, if you try all the flavors and you don't like any of them, just make your own flavor. Who cares? Well, it's not making your own That's flavor. That's kind of what it seemed like to it's me. God and Jesus telling you that there's a different, better flavor. <laughs> Okay, so if you go into the woods, you'll have some kind of, like, psychedelic revelation. Yes. Are we sure he didn't just eat, like, a mushroom? That is actually that is there? actually a theory that... Um, or aren't some poisonous, like, don't some poisonous animals make you hallucinate while the venom is in, like... That something something happened to that you, guy. You, you are actually in inventing, like, just purely unaware you you've come up with one of the theories that people have to explain this um experience that joseph smith had like i definitely know that there are some like historians and people especially kind of in like kind of the ex-mormon sort of space who are kind of like well maybe joseph smith was on mushrooms which i don't know he could have been i mean <laughs> there are there are lots of like ecstatic religious traditions that involve inducing hallucinations in one way or another but that doesn't strike me as very mormon or very christian <laughs> so yeah so so he has this this kind of vision of god and jesus they tell him none of the churches are true and you should make a different better church and then they kind of like speed through it's kind of like at the very end they've got to like hit yeah the time the time distribution was like what is yeah, going they, on this they've got to really hit all the notes so it's like okay you're restoring the church um go find the book of mormon go baptize some people you know like like all that sort of stuff um so yeah yeah i feel like the the first like 19 minutes took 10 years and then the last minute was the rest of his life <laughs> yes. yeah it, it goes by like super and I was, fast i was left confused Maybe that's also why I'm confused because it ended on such a like chaotic. They do have note. they do have a longer movie that kind of does like, like, I think a better job of going through all of the like beats of his life. Um, that one's like about maybe like an hour long, um, and mostly just kind of after the like uh, kind of the first vision experience that he has mostly it just kind of focuses on how everybody was really mean to him for most of the rest of his life and like put him in jail and you know like did all these other you know mean things to him until eventually he got shot and killed um poor joe yeah poor joe um he certainly never did anything that might have led to some of those mean things being done to him um he, he never married a 12 year old girl that never happened um but yeah he, they left that part out there was no there was no oh certainly no polygamy i don't think they they ever i don't think they ever show joseph smith as a polygamist in any church productions um you can go through your entire life in the Mormon church and not be aware that he practiced polygamy. 
I mean, that, of course. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, kind of crazy. Why Why would you learn the history of your own religious practices from <laughs> barely 100 years, over 100 years ago? Like, <laughs> So, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, it, so, I don't know, we, let's see, let me, let's kind of roll back and, like, let's kind of talk about some of, um, some of this thing along with some of kind of like my observations as somebody who has like watched this way too many times um so one of the i think the big things that i noticed when i was re-watching this is that um it's really trying to promote kind of like the stereotypical mormon family to you like yeah they're very much selling like which is like also very funny to me because it's like oh yeah joseph smith and his family they were like a mormon family before you know like before mormons even existed yeah there was a lot of emphasis on his family and like especially his dad being like you will be religious it's very important i'm taking you to these churches right and like teaching him all these lessons while they're working on their farm. Yeah, and they're like they have like one scene where they're like reading scriptures together, like they're reading the Bible together, mm-hmm. and they have like a family prayer. And the prayer is very funny because they're saying the prayer in a very very Mormon way, which like is just kind of funny to me. Oh, I didn't catch that like, part. <laughs> that's definitely not something that you would like notice, um, you know. But like to a Mormon, it, Mormons have a very specific way of praying. Um, you know, where they kind of say, like, Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for, you know, like, um, and they definitely did it. Remember, children, there is no other way to salvation except through Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, at the end of this day, we gather as a family in prayer to thank thee for the many blessings that we receive at thy hand. Um, and so they're trying to kind of sell this like, oh, yeah, here's this like typical Mormon family, you know, and it's made for investigators. So it's made to kind of be like, you could have a Mormon family, too, you know, if you would like to. But also it's hilarious um, from like a historic. It, so- it sounds shitty. It's bad enough having to go to one <laughs> religious service on the weekend. Imagine getting dragged to like a whole smorgasbord of religious services. Yeah. And, and that's that's the thing is it's it's not very historically accurate um you know i mean first of all yeah like these like ideas of like kind of the nuclear mormon family are like things that you know pop up in the 20th century like hundreds of years after this um but also like also also true of the the nuclear family (laughs) yes exactly was wasn't a thing until like around when mormonism yeah and was birthed like it's it's a pretty new concept and, uh, like so joseph smith's dad i think is a very interesting character in this because um the historical joseph smith senior was i mean he's kind of a funny character i like him a lot um but he's like totally not represented at all in this movie so he was a drunk um like that's like pretty <laughs> well attested that this guy liked to get hammered and Okay, so we know why alcohol is banned because <laughs> so yeah, so he, Joseph Smith was traumatized by his alcoholic. Yeah, culture. so he was he was like a drunk for like pretty much his entire life. Um, he was also um, a uh, a universalist, um, not a Unitarian because they hadn't combined those two faiths yet. So now it's like oh. the Unitarian Universalist Church. 
but for a while they were separate. But there, um, the big thing though is he was a universalist who basically believed that like it wasn't really so important what church you went to because God would just save you in the end. Um, like as long as you believed in Jesus, you were yeah. Dead. So he wasn't a very, I think, wasn't like a, a super religious man as he's portrayed in this movie because in the movie he's kind of like oh well joseph you'll know which church is right but the historical joseph smith senior probably would have just said like well joseph doesn't matter because you'll be saved no matter what um like you're going to church good job yeah so so really joseph smith senior probably was not very interested in churches he he was kind of like his own i kind of like him he's just kind of this like weird drunk who was just kind of like eh god will figure it out he also was very into like magic um which joseph smith kind of inherited from him um all around i think like a pretty cool guy because <laughs> he's just drinking other, other and like being. doing magic and all the neighbors kind of dislike him because he's you know just kind of this weird drunk guy um so the the smith family wasn't like a popular one <laughs> no not really i mean community. they definitely had friends in the palmyra area but they also had a lot of people who were like oh this family is so weird and like kind of folksy backwoods yokels um okay so they were also like rednecks basically yes very much so yeah this 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 movie kind of tries to position them less as kind of like redneck yokels and more as kind of like uh like the brave gentleman farmer the brave yeoman farmer like um settlers you know which is problematic in its own mm -hmm. sense you know there's like a lot of stuff um i that was like a big thing that i noticed is that there's like a lot of um just portrayals of them like chopping down trees and you know building fences and things like that where mm -hmm. i was like oh yeah there is like a big kind of yay settlers kind of ethos going mm -hmm. on in this like this fetishizing of homesteaders yeah thing. along with one of my favorite quotes from the whole thing where joseph smith's dad tells them to build the fence he's he goes remember horse high and hog tight which just an amazing line remember horse high and hog tight I did not remember that one. Oh, well, if you'd watched it a million times, you would be quoting that line I, with, I would know every with line. your mission companions. You would just be saying, ah, horse eye and hog tight. Um, Was Joseph Smith actually blonde? I don't, I'm not actually sure. I, Do we I know what he looks like? Looks I think like? most contemporary paintings show him as having brown hair. Um, that's Yeah, that's what I've seen, but... Like, did anyone ever take a picture of him or describe him or any this, have his portrait painted? Like any of this that? is where I this is where I would if I were a better historian, I would know the answer to this. Um, all I know is that most of the paintings of him that you know were done during his lifetime show him as a, having just kind of normal brown hair. Um, but there's definitely some more modern paintings that show him as ha kind of having more like blondish hair. So I don't know if there's like actual historical basis for that, or if the church is just like we like blondes. Yeah, he was, he was very blonde in the movie. He was he wasn't just a little blonde. He was like the most blonde. So yeah, so so the blonde settler family is kind of what you what you kind of take away from this, um, and then yeah, then it kind of transitions to like oh the all these revival meetings.
my mind became seriously impressed with regard to the welfare of my soul. There was, in the place where we lived, an unusual excitement on the subject of religion. Great multitudes united themselves to the different religious parties, which created no small stir among the people. Some contending for one faith, some for another. Sorrows in his anger, and they are as stubble before the wind. Brother, have you been saved? Have you? How many of you have been saved before the world was? God what does saved mean? Which of you would be saved? I'd like to know that myself. And you kind of talked about how, yeah, they don't really like kind of go into very much of this. You know, it's just kind of like, here's all these different flavors of Christianity. Um, they're trying, I think they do like at least a decent job of kind of portraying like the revivals that would happen it, during the Second Great Awakening. So I guess, um, yeah, we can have. Can I ask a yes. question about? that why are they called revivals i've always wondered that yeah so this is kind of like i think like a good place to kind of segue into so i've been doing um a lot of research about this because i i realized that i knew that the second great awakening was very like important for the history of mormonism but i actually didn't really know much about like what the second great awakening was or why it happened so um I think to understand this, we can kind of rewind a bit and talk about just kind of like Protestantism in general. So I think the way I view a lot of like what Protestantism is doing religiously is um, it is really kind of taking the focus of Christianity from the community to the individual, you know? So okay. like, I think um, for much of the Middle Ages, the Catholic Church is, you know, well, it's the only it's the only church. People don't even think of it as the Catholic Church. And it's just very much based around kind of community. It's everybody has their place, their role in the community. The church helps you, you know, kind of understand that. There's all these rituals that bind you together as a community. And then Protestantism kind of comes along and, you know, together kind of with capitalism kind of at the same time, they're both kind of, you know, breaking down these existing communities and social mm -hmm. structures and really kind of emphasizing the individual in their place. Um, but the first Protestant churches are very, I think, um, still still hanging on to a lot of that, that community aspect. They're, they're a little more individualistic, but there's still a good amount of community. So like the Lutherans or the Anglicans, these kind of like early Protestant churches in a lot of ways, they're like still pretty Catholic, um, and you know they a lot of them still have saints. They still kind of have the same sort of. Oh, they have saints. Yeah, well, they still have kind of like the same sort of religious calendars and things like that, um, and so the big thing that starts happening in the 18th century is you get the rise of evangelical Protestantism. So that's like the big, the big innovation and evangelical Protestantism. What it basically says is that it's not important to just belong to a Christian church, to have been baptized, to, you know, be in kind of a Christian community. 
evangelical Protestants think that it is important to be born again, to have like a spiritual, personal awakening, to have God like tell you personally that you're good with God, you know, and, and that part is so confusing to me because they like raise their kids in their religion, but they're not really in the religion until they have like this personal discussion with God or whatever, or, like personal like vision of God. That's so, so like, what are they not really Christians before they have that? Are they just kind of hanging out with their parents? In a sense? No. I mean, that's kind of the thing is like, it is this really individualized idea of Christianity where it's like, just because your parents are Christian, just because you've gone to a Christian church your whole life, that doesn't necessarily make you Christian. You have to have this this spiritual awakening, this born again experience. Um, and so that's like what... That's so different from... Because the way I've always thought of it is like, in order to be a Protestant, all you have to do is believe. You don't have to do anything. But this is kind of the reverse that like doing things isn't enough. And like, what if you never have that revelation? What if, what if Jesus just never speaks to you? Uh, then you're fucked, I think. Like, <laughs> you know, like. I mean, I would, I would assume by the time you get to be like 16 or 17, you just pretend, but. Yes, I mean, I, I think that's, you know, I think, I mean, at least speaking from, you know, Mormonism isn't quite like an evangelical church, but it shares a lot of similarities. And the pressure to have these spiritual experiences is like big enough that i think a lot of people wind up having them you know just because like i mean i certainly mm -hmm. did you know just because there's so much pressure that like you just kind of wind up feeling like oh like i need to have this this spiritual experience that confirms you know my my beliefs yeah like knowing the kind of child i was and the kind of anxiety i had i would have definitely sat around being like oh jesus is definitely not going to talk to me like i'm fucked i just have bad luck i'm i'm nervous it's not gonna happen yes that's like very common for like lots of like i i think mormons like oh that that's what like i i feel like that sort of anxiety often leads to people like leaving the church later in life because you know like it's just like like the way when you're a nerdy kid you're like i'll never have a boyfriend i'll never have a, i'll never ha get invited to cool parties and like jesus will never invite me either yeah and, and so yeah it's it's just so that that's kind of like so evangelical protestantism really is like just a hundred percent focused on the individual. The individual is the most important thing. And it also means that, you know, that, that instead of, so prior to this, it's just kind of like, oh, well, if you're Christian, it's, it's okay. You know, maybe it's, there's a, like a right kind of Christian, you know, like maybe being Protestant is better, but like, there's not a whole lot of like proselytizing other Christians. But evangelical Protestantism, okay. so this is like, at the at the start, it's like Methodists and Baptists and Presbyterians. Um, and those are still like, I think, the biggest ones today. But um, they like really just focus a lot on, you know, like this personal conversion. And so even if you're already, you know, a Lutheran or a Catholic or, you know, any of those other things, you know, that doesn't really matter as much to them because if you haven't been saved yet, if you haven't felt that, you know, um, personal spiritual experience, then it, it doesn't matter. And so, so that, so is that what a revival is? It's like trying to get people to have those experiences. Exactly. And so that's, 
Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and and so um, that's what these kind of like great awakenings are. So the first one happens prior to the Revolutionary War, like a few decades prior. And then the second one kind of happens, yeah, like 1820s or so. And what they are is Mm -hmm. basically just um, they start out in England and then they kind of get imported over into the colonies. But it's these evangelical Protestant groups that are just having these really big kind of meetings, you know, where they're getting people like really pumped, really excited about Jesus so that they can feel that they are saved. Um, Mm -hmm. And especially in the Second Great Awakening, kind of the really big innovation that they have is that they have all these kind of itinerant preachers who go around from town to town and um, they don't actually have like a stable congregation they're just kind of traveling around through the countryside and... And trying to, like, get to as many people yeah, as possible. And, and trying to, yeah, make sure that they're all saved, um, that they're all, you know, believing kind of in the right things. Um, and what years was the second? You said the first one was 1820, uh, right? So that's the second one. The first, the first one is, oh, okay. like, um, a few decades prior to the Revolutionary War. Um And you kind of have this kind of like, it kind of like ebbs and flows. So actually, like during the Revolutionary War, people aren't very religious, which is, you know, very funny um, because, (laughs) you know, conservatives always love to talk about how religious the founding fathers were. um, And most of them were, yeah, like barely religious. Um, And so... They were like trying to give a socially sanctioned version of I'm an atheist. That's why they all said they were whatever, like deists or something. Right. And so, um, so yeah, so the second great awakening is kind of like after this like trough of everybody is, yeah, like everybody's a deist. Nobody really believes in God. The second great awakening comes around and it's like, no, you guys got to believe in God again. Um, and tons of people join these, um, now that you have America and now that you have capitalism, all you're missing is Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. And tons of people join at this time these uh evangelical churches you know the methodists the baptists the um presbyterians these churches are still like some of the biggest ones in the u.s um and really you can kind of trace it all back to this time period also in this time period there you know are a lot of new churches that get started i mean obviously mormonism is one of them but also like the adventists um the shakers they're not around anymore um because they it's too bad they were an interesting yeah one. i mean you know they they unfortunately they made the decision not to have any children and kind of hard to keep your religion going <laughs> like that doesn't doesn't create a very sustainable church when you do that <laughs> um yeah and, and so so yeah so they're trying in this, in this movie they're kind of trying to show the second great awakening but yeah, I don't think they really understand like any of these like things about like, you know, evangelical Protestantism or anything like that. Because Mormons, mm-hmm. Mormons overall aren't very interested in other faiths or religions. Um, other people, uh, <laughs> unless they're converting them. You know, a big part of it is just that Mormons are very sure that they have the right religion, and so why would you why would you learn about other other christian beliefs if you're so sure that yours is the right one you know why would you as a religious person have an intellectual interest in religion (laughs) yeah i mean you know that i 
that's very honestly like very true about mormonism is like it's just like why would you need an intellectual interest in religion when you know that you've got the right one right in front of you i mean that's as great as judaism can be that is one of its flaws or at least the way i was raised like what i was I went to Jewish day school through eighth grade and we had what was supposed to be a comparative religions class that last year. And it was literally just learning about different denominations of Judaism (laughs) for like an entire semester of school, (laughs) which we all already knew about. Like it wasn't, we were all raised Jewish and like our school wasn't necessarily, like it was mostly people from who went to conservative synagogues, but it wasn't like only open to there were lots of my classmates went to reform synagogues. I knew what that was. And then we had one day where a guy who got recruited, grew up Jewish, was recruited by the Jehovah's Witnesses and then left, came in and was like, never talk to Goyan. They will trick you. <laughs> I mean, they tricked me. I spent 20 years like wandering in the wilderness of being a Jehovah's Witness. And now finally I'm back with my people. So just don't talk to them because they'll trick you into it. And I was just like, you're dumb. That, that like, sounds. <laughs> I'm sorry you got tricked, but it's because you're dumb. <laughs> that sounds awful. Why would, why would you leave Judaism for Jehovah's Witnesses? I don't know. <laughs> For, why would you leave the religion that has a holiday like every other week for a religion where you are not allowed to have fun? Especially the Jehovah's Witnesses, their whole thing is about like reading the Bible in the weirdest ways that make no sense. I I, so I just weird. can't see like I just can't see a Jewish people falling for that because it'd be like no no like I understand what you know the Torah says and and you're reading it completely wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm saying that guy was really dumb because like <laughs> I was thir- I was 13 and he like said the stuff they believed and I was like we just learned that that's not true like in this class <laughs> last year. <laughs> like it was with the same teacher who taught me Torah class all through middle school and I was just like you like you're dumb. You're just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> why would you believe any of that? Yeah, uh, man, that's kind of how I feel sometimes about like people who like convert to mormonism i really don't blame people who like start out in it um you know whose parents are in it but sometimes like with people who like convert to it like i'm just like my own grandparents i'm just like, like what are you I'm just doing? like you guys what were you thinking <laughs> like come on well your grand your grandparents are probably not a fun religion before <laughs> I mean, I don't think they were very religious at all. And so I'm just like, come on, you could have picked, mm. you could have picked something much better than this. But I'm, so, I'm sorry your grandparents didn't choose to convert to Judaism. I know. <laughs> I, know I know that's what you are <laughs> thinking in your head <laughs> that they could have done. Um, so, yeah. So anyways, uh, so, yeah. So they're, they're like portraying kind of all this like um, second grade awakening stuff. Um and then I think one of the very interesting parts of this movie is like kind of in the middle of this like part where they're showing lots of revivals and church meetings. They just randomly have the 4th of July thrown in there too. Yes. Fellow citizens of Palmyra, today we celebrate the anniversary of our freedom. Freedom purchased with the blood and tears of our own fathers. Joseph, keep your eye on things. I'm going to fetch more gingerbread. I think this is 
why the overall plot made no sense to me because I was just like, why? They just keep cutting like to these weird scenes. Yeah, it like just doesn't make much sense, and especially like I watch this sometimes with you know like people who were not Americans, you know, and I always mm-hmm. was like wondering, <laughs> you know, what? How are they viewing this? Like it always felt like a little awkward because you know the church made this for you know like people who are learning about the church many of whom are not americans and they send people abroad yeah and and so like they knew that they'd be like showing this movie to people who like are not americans and it's just like so funny and weird that it's just like oh yeah here's here's the fourth of july everybody loves the fourth of july in the 1820s you know like everybody's like making pies i'm sure that half the people that watch this video don't even know what the 4th of July is or that it's Yeah, and, and so it's just so weird because it's just like, you know, like, right in the middle, they're just like, and you know what? You know what's great, God, but also America. And we gotta... We are so patriotic, and we would never violate the laws of the land by being polygamous. <laughs> how, how... We would never do how that. How can we shoehorn America into this small movie about joseph smith um which yeah it's like that takes place when america was a brand new country and like was totally different from how it whatever yeah it it makes so little sense it's it's so funny and it's so like i think indicative of like the mormon like conservative america brain that everybody has you know like so in the lesson that you're supposed to teach along with this movie um as a missionary um, typically, it's like the first lesson that you teach people. Um, one of the, the the little notes that they kind of have about it is like they're like, um, and you can talk with people about how America was chosen because it was really great and had religious freedom, and that's why God was like, you know, it's time to restore God's true church because America they did religious freedom before that you couldn't have restored the church, but now. There's America, there's the First Amendment. God was like, it's time oh to bring the church back. And this is a legitimate... If you're if you're a missionary abroad, are you supposed to like encourage people to move to America once they convert? Or, or are they supposed to stay where you they are? You used to. It, it, that changed in like the 50s. So okay. it used to be that everybody was encouraged to move to America, and specifically like the Utah area. Um, now, not so much, but you do find, especially I think in developed countries, most of the converts and like kind of strong members of the church, most of them are like, uh, America files. Um, you know, like, like it's, it's like a lot of people who just, yeah, they really like America and American culture and the missionaries come and they're like, oh, great. Some Americans, you know, like, and so I get the sense that, you know, particularly in kind of Europe or, you know, like, I think Japan, Korea, those sorts of places, I got the sense talking to other people who went on their missions to those places that a lot of the converts there are like people who really like America and American culture. Um, And so maybe, maybe that... I mean, what is more American than Mormonism? Exactly. And so maybe that's what... That's why I find it so interesting, because I'm just, like, fascinated by the horror show that is this country. Yeah, and so maybe that's why, like, this 4th of July portion, you know, like, maybe that's why it's in there. It's because they're just like, you know what, we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta play, play the hits, you know, we gotta, we gotta find that, 
that weirdo guy who lives <laughs> in Germany who really loves America, and he'll be like, oh, man, the 4th of July, I love this. Um, oh, in Japan, there's, like, a whole one of the, like, many subcultures, fashion subcultures in Japan is just being obsessed with, like, Americana. And they're, they got really into jeans. They got really into, like, cowboy clothing. Like I do, I do really love that kind of, like, like, cowboy aesthetic transported to just strange places that have never had cowboys, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, like, it's always, like... Yeah, those people would probably be very receptive to Mormonism. Yeah, I mean, that that is the target audience, um, at least in the developed world. In the underdeveloped world... A lot of it, I think, is just kind of like, you know, kind of more about like missionaries kind of offer like, you know, kind of a sense of community. And also there, you know, mm-hmm. is like some financial stuff that you can get by being a member of the church. You know, the church does help out the members quite a bit. Um, but yeah, definitely in the developed world, I think a lot of it is just like people who really like America. Um, and because of that, I think a lot of them are kind of weirdos. Um, oh, it's not normal to to be a non-American <laughs> obsessed with yeah. the evil empire trying to take over your country. <laughs> so yeah, um, and let's see. Um, Please come extract my natural resources. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh man, yeah, like Mormon mysteries especially, I think, are like just this harbinger of like, oh, hey, <laughs> the American empire has come to your door, you know? Um you can definitely tell. Yeah, I have to say, I can't. I can't imagine a Mormon like making it very long in a country with zero westernized amenities. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely like I, I think. Yeah, like I can't really imagine any anyone from like the western half of the country being able to handle that. Everything's just so new and shiny out there. Like, what what happens if you go somewhere with like no grid in the city. There's definitely, I think, like... You wouldn't know what to do. I think there's, yeah, there's definitely a lot of culture shock for people who are, like, called to, you know, like, very, yeah, like, rural, underdeveloped places. You know, I I definitely knew um, there were some guys in my church congregation growing up who would get sent to, like, like Manaus in Brazil, which is, like, right kind of there in the Amazon, basically, and yeah. those guys would come back with <laughs> so many like parasites, you know, like they'd be incredibly skinny oh. because like, yeah, they they would just be, yeah, host to so many fun other creatures, you know? And so like, yeah, it's, it's just those missions I think are like very tough. Um, fortunately, I was a pampered little boy who got to, you know, spend my time in phoenix arizona and you know we always had like a walmart close by um just like the beginning of twilight (laughs) yeah like missions are like kind of funny things and like yeah definitely depend a lot on kind of like where you go um we need to have a whole other discussion about your experience being a missionary for sure um let's see let's let's so bringing it back to, you know, I guess the people that we would show this to and them watching it. Um, oh, did it, yeah. Did it, like, thing... did it go well? Like, did people enjoy it? I think I think generally people were, like, okay with it. I'm, I'm not really sure that it had, like, the desired effect a lot of the time. Like, a lot of the time people were just like, oh, that's a cool movie. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> just like oh, yeah, eh, that seems interesting. Um, I think a lot. I think a lot of the time, 
like you, they were maybe a little confused, but didn't want to tell us that they were like... It's almost like one of those adaptations of a book into a movie where if you haven't read the book, it doesn't actually make a lot of sense. Yes, this thing... That was the vibe I got from it, that like, obviously it makes sense to you guys, but it's not going to make sense to me because I never read the book. Yes, it's made like by and for Mormons, but like they want it to be used for like people who aren't members of the church. Um, and so, yeah, it just feels very like if you're Mormon, you like know all of the stuff you're like, Oh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I know this. But if you're not Mormon, it's just kind of weird. And like, yeah, it's like, yeah, there were clearly oh, like cues and symbols that I didn't like, I'm sure you know which one was Joseph Smith as soon as you started watching it. Of course. Yeah. It's obvious who, who Joseph Smith is, you know? And like, yeah, I, I don't know, like, all these different things, you know, like, yeah, I, I think it, and you can tell that they did, like, some stuff for the investigators, um, so, like, one of the things that they did... That's such um, a funny thing to call. <laughs> that's that's what we call them. Um, so one of the things that they did um, with, like, the part where Joseph goes into the grove, which Mormons, by the way, refer to as the sacred grove. Oh, um, And it's, like, a place of Mormon pilgrimage. Um, Like, people will go, like, oftentimes, like, they'll have, like, youth trips where people go to Palmyra, New York. All the way from Utah. Yeah, and they'll go to this kind of the woods. And, like, everybody... That was a great episode of Big Love. I learned all about that. (laughs) And, yeah, and everybody will, like, say, like, oh, man, these woods are very special woods. I felt so great, you know? Um, Upstate New York is quite beautiful. I mean, the, yeah, the woods are really nice there. Yeah, if you're gonna have a vision, it's, it's a good place to have it. The closest thing I had to a spiritual experience in the woods was Jewish summer camp, but <laughs> see, yeah, maybe, maybe Jewish summer camp. You know, if you would have like prayed to God to ask which church was true, maybe God would have appeared to you as well. Oh yeah, we didn't pray; we just like studied marks and threw things in the bonfire. it wasn't that kind of camp (laughs) um so yeah so but yeah when joseph goes to this this grove and he prays one of the things in his personal account that he shares but is not in the movie account um is that he feels the devil so like before jesus and heavenly father appear to him the devil comes and tries to stop him from praying and it says that he feels like he like can't talk, like like the devil is like closing his mouth and is like Joseph, you can't you can't pray, you can't do it, you know. <laughs> um, anyways, but like they cut out this like this whole like portion where like Joseph's like, yeah, the devil tried to stop me. I think because they're worried that people are going to be like, whoa, what is going on here? You know, like 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 Too showing much. like Joseph. Joseph Smith getting like attacked by Satan um, prior to. Uh, seeing god um but i think it's a very cool part of the story like it's kind of spooky you know like as a kid i was really spooked out by it you know where it's yeah that is spooky like yeah like like because it's 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 basically like this like thing where it's like joseph smith is about to do this super important thing and the devil knew it was so important that the devil like attacked him and like actually could physically stop him from praying for a little bit um you know and like but he was so he was so strong he overcame it right yeah like like he he kind of like fights him off but like it's like 
But, it, you know, it kind of makes you think if you're like a, a Mormon kid, you're like, what if the devil like attacked me? Like, you know, like it's, it's spooky. Um, and so, yeah. If so I they, go to reach for my favorite cereal in the morning and the devil grabs my hand and stops me. <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they leave out like the whole devil bit, which I think is a, honestly kind of a shame, but I can understand from like a position of like, oh, we don't want to weird people out too much. Um, just enough so yeah so satan does not appear in this film unfortunately um but yeah um let's see what else um oh yeah so i wanted to talk a little bit about so this whole first vision thing um like it obviously like didn't happen you know like like, (laughs) i mean but you know, like, not only did it not happen in the sense of, like, obviously God and Jesus didn't appear to him, but also, like, just him, like, having any sort of ex- religious experience like this or telling people that it happened. Um, like, there's just like, no just evidence. He never, like, stumbled happen. out of the woods and was like, dude, the craziest yeah. thing just happened to me. Because you'd think you'd tell someone. Right. Like, and, and, you know, so at the end of the movie, it kind of shows him like telling uh, the, the nice pastor or whatever about his like vision. And the nice mm-hmm. pastor turns into mean pastor and he's like, no, Joseph. And he like kicks him out of his, yeah. like, they're like riding along together in like a, a horse and buggy. And he's like, makes him walk back home. He's like, Joseph, you're wrong. You know, <laughs> like people don't see angels of God or any anymore. Um, but there's no evidence that any of that ever happened. You know, like. Um, most evidence is that Joseph Smith's, uh, kind of religious journey begins with the Book of Mormon. Um, and then... What's, what's the time gap between when he said he had the vision and when there's, like, any actual proof? Um, so he says it later. I think the first time that he, like, the first account that he gives of it is, like, a decade later. It's wow. like the first time anybody hears about this. And the Book of Mormon has already been translated. He's already started a church. And then he's like, oh, by the way, you know, I had this religious awakening. And it starts out very similar to a lot of religious awakening stories of the time. Like he, so originally it starts out and he mostly just talks about how he like felt like he was saved and all of his sins were mm-hmm. forgiven. You know, very in keeping with kind this evangelical yeah. Protestantism sort of thing. Um, and then over time, it morphs from being about Joseph Smith and his personal conversion to being about like God comes and tells him all the churches are wrong. You should make the Mormon church. And so, yeah, so, so there's multiple accounts and they all kind of like, there's this progression from like at the start, it's about kind of personal conversion. He also, at the start, he says, um, he mostly says that it's angels. He doesn't add like, it it starts and he's like, I saw an angel and then it becomes, I saw Jesus. And then it becomes, I saw Jesus and God, the father kind of like, um, he needed to go back and punch it up several times. Yeah. Kind of, and kind of evolving with his like theology as well. You know, like you can kind of see, yeah, he's like embellishing it. And he's also kind of making changes where it's like, oh, now, like, I believe this new thing, so I'm going to, like, add new pieces into this vision that I have. It seems like Mormonism is fine with doing that now, also. Yes. Like, they just keep adding and subtracting little pieces to suit whatever's going on. Yeah, but they don't want, they don't want to call attention to that as the big thing. So, like, 
This is something actually that became somewhat controversial a, a few years ago, where like suddenly like people were talking a lot more about like how there were multiple accounts of the first vision, and this was like very scary to certain Mormons because they're like, oh, you know, like. I've always been told this one account my whole life. And are you saying that there's different ones? And so the church put out like, there's like an essay now that the church put out where they're like, here, let's, let's explain all the different accounts and how they're actually like all very consistent and not like, (laughs) not a problem at all. Um, And they even had like some church leaders, like give talks about it where they talked about all the different versions. And they're like, isn't it great that there's so many different versions? You know, like, like, isn't it so cool that like Joseph Smith would, would tell us all these different versions, you know, even though they've been ignoring all these different versions (laughs) for like decades prior to that. Um, The other thing about like the first vision account is it wasn't very important to Mormonism. Um, like, not only did, like, Joseph Smith kind of, like, tack it on, like, later, but it wasn't very important to Mormonism for, like, I don't know, probably the first 50 or so years of the church. Um, it, it really starts so to it become... became a big deal, like, after he died. Yeah, and it really starts to become a big deal kind of, like, around the same time as polygamy goes away. So okay. my theory on this is that they're kind of looking for, like, a new thing that's, like, special about the church. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and it's like, well, we can't really do polygamy anymore. That's not the special thing about the church. So maybe the special thing about the church is that we're the, the true church that God has, like, called and restored. Um, like, they, they needed a hook. Yeah. And so this is kind of like the new hook that kind of replaces the old hook, which is, like, lots of wives. <laughs> the old hook is you can marry a 12-year-old. We're fine with, with pedophiles. And the new hook is if you don't join, you're fucked. Yeah. Yep. That, that is exactly it and so yeah so the first vision itself is like kind of funny because it has like this interesting history where it's like joseph smith like kind of just like tacks it on later and not a lot of people like really talk about it and then like over time it becomes this bigger and bigger thing until yeah now people will like take you know pilgrimages actually to this sacred grove site and you know like it is like a big thing in modern mormonism now I gotta go. I want to see it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you grew up not too far away from. Well, it's kind. It's kind of far, but it's like twenty miles off the highway of where I drive when I go to see my parents. So yeah, like it's it's still like three or four hours from them, but it's like on my drive to them. So I mean, yeah, you've got to go. You got to see if you can feel the spirit there. I'm, um, we're definitely gonna have to do that in a future episode. I think I think they also have a big obelisk there for Joseph Ooh. Smith. Yeah, which is I pretty love cool. A good everybody obelisk. loves everybody loves a good obelisk, you know. Like they're just I, kind, I, I they're believe, just creepy. I like them. Yeah, um, I think this one is like it's like a foot tall for every year of his life or something like that. Um, <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty can pretty I, based. Can I ask a very shallow question about this video? Yes. The actors in it are they like famous? amongst mormons the actors in this are not like famous as in like people know their names but you will see these same people in like all church videos like like there's like a very small stable of like mormon actors who just appear in like every single church video um and you know will will some of them you know even appear in like the mormon temple videos um i believe joseph smith's dad is in some of the temple videos um if i remember right 
Um, that's another an entirely different episode as well, <laughs> where we can talk about the temple and the video that you watched in the temple. Oh, I, um, I desperately want to learn about the temple. Um, but yeah, they, they they're so they're like somewhat, at least recognizable. I would say I, I don't know if like famous is the right word, but like all Mormons, Mormons I think, like, like will recognize like if they see this guy's face, they're gonna know him. Yeah, there's like ten people who act in mormon church productions like and they just kind of like swap you know it's like musical chairs for like what role they get like i think again joseph smith's dad i think i've seen him also he's in like another um he's in another movie called the testaments which is about like like when jesus visited the americas and they kind of like bronze up his skin a little bit so he looks like (laughs) he could be like an indigenous person i guess that's so funny. bad. <laughs> um, Mormon, so yeah, Mormons so, uh, do not know how to use bronzer. I can attest to that <laughs> just from like being on Instagram. They're not good at it. <laughs> so yeah, so um, yeah, it's 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 a mess. But I'm so glad that you've seen like a like a Mormon movie. We'll have to watch like a few more of these. Oh like, yes, there's there's like older ones that were put on by BYU that are like really great. Like. Ooh. I don't know. Like, they're not even about Mormonism. Like, there's some that are just like BYU made this this movie, and like it's about like they're all really depressing. Like, one of them is about like an old woman who like she doesn't get mail anymore from her family, and so she dies. Oh, <laughs> that is the that is the summary so of the movie. Is it's an elderly woman who doesn't get mail anymore, and so she dies. That poor woman. <laughs> That yeah, would uh, that would never happen to a Jew. It, no, yeah, like it would only happen to you know a, a you know a goy who you know whose family no longer loves them. <laughs> a goy who just like doesn't talk to their family or have any relationship with them. Yeah, and so um, yeah, it's it's crazy. There's so many like yeah, maybe we'd have to watch the testaments too because that one's just so crazy because it's like they're trying to make this movie about like, what if Jesus came to the Americas and they kind of like make it look like somewhat like Mayan or Aztec or whatever. And it's, that one would be a good one to watch for like somebody who's not LDS just to see how bonkers it all seems. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. um, And there was no salamander. I kept waiting for the salamander to slither into the woods. Yeah. No no salamander. Um, he yeah maybe the, they should make like a salamander version yes i want um, i want the salamander cut <laughs> that would be so great like a i i do want like a, a joseph smith biopic where they have like all of the cool magic stuff that he'd do you know like i think that'd be pretty neat unfortunately the church will never make that <laughs> movie <laughs> um so yeah uh but yeah that's that's the restoration um i'm glad that you understand now that god has a true church mm-hmm. absolutely and, and that joseph smith was the one who did it it's, um, it's the one church that i'm obligated to reject as a jew that's what that's what it means for there to be a true church that god has chosen yeah we we took your spot basically <laughs> that's what it is you know god's chosen people version two god this was time, like i'm done with you you guys are boring this time they're a hundred percent white. You whine all the time. That actually did happen in the Torah. God, God says this time 
it's a blonde boy. No, the part where God's like, stop whining. That happens in the desert. And somewhere in the 40 years, God's like, stop fucking complaining all the time. I'm sick of you Jews. I mean, yeah. He has yeah, a point. That, 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 that's, that's God, you know? Like, he's got to talk to a lot of Jews. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> all right, we've got to stop this before I get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, signing off. Thanks. Thanks for um, trying to convert me. Hopefully it'll work next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep trying. We'll keep trying. Maybe I'll have a vision. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Go go to the, the woods outside of Pittsburgh. Okay. All right. All right. See ya. Bye. Remember, of course, I had hog tight. I was born in the year of our Lord, 1805, on the 23rd day of December, in the town of Sharon, Windsor County, there was in the place where we lived an unusual excitement on the subject of religion. It commenced with the Methodists, but soon became general among all the sects. I was one day reading the epistle of James, first chapter and fifth verse, which reads, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all men liberally, I reflected on it again and again. If any person needed wisdom from God, I did. For how to act, I did not know. Having looked around me and finding myself alone, I kneeled down, and I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun, which descended gradually. I saw two personages, whose brightness and glory defy all description. One said, standing above me, pointing to the other, this is my beloved son. Hear him.
Is right.